a couple of summers ago, we had the opportunity to go out on a friend's boat. We were just visiting for the morning and he very kindly took us out and he's a really keen sailor and he let the kids have an opportunity to steer our course. And his advice to them was to choose a certain point far in the distance and aim for that point. Now, I don't know how the last few months have been for you, but I'm not sure that I have been steering my course towards a certain point. So many people have talked about hobbies that they've taken up in lockdown, and my instinct has been to say that all I've been able to do is firefighting, with an element of regret that I didn't learn plate spinning before this whole thing started. I wonder where your eyes are fixed today. I wonder where you're headed. We are continuing our series in Matthew, and we are looking at Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12, and that's the visit of the Magi. So let's read that together. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, was his, this he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teached the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem and Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child, and as soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them, until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So to set the scene for the Magi, it's been about 500 years since Isaiah wrote the prophecies about Jesus being born. And the prophecy quoted in there is from Micah, and that's about 700 years before the Magi turn up. So they have obviously given their lives, they're prominent astrologers, they have given their lives to studying the stars and understanding it, but they have also been combing the scriptures, looking at these prophecies and piecing them together like a puzzle. It's not like sometimes we see a report that the ISS is passing or there's a meteor shower or something like that and we think, oh, we might pop outside and have a look at that or an eclipse or something. This isn't being flagged up on, on their news feed, on their phones. This is something they're just watching and they're waiting and they're aware of what's happening and they're reading events. And now they've seen this star, they've decided what it means and they're taking a step out in faith to go and investigate They've, it's, they know that heaven is declaring something in the cosmos. And they also, so it's, a, it's like a crazy journey. We're so used to it now because we're so familiar with this story, every Christmas being read. But when you stop and think, who sets out to do a hundreds and hundreds of mile journey? 
on the off chance they might find the Messiah. I don't know. Maybe they I don't think they'd probably done it very often. But here they are, and their sole agenda, it says in the text, is to go and worship the child. So off they go. It seems their eyes are fixed on this coming Messiah. And as a result, they have given their lives to studying. They have orientated themselves in that direction. And this is where the sailing trip I mentioned earlier comes in. It's about thinking in life, where am I headed? Because where I'm looking and fixing my eyes is where I tend to go. And, and so that question of where we have our eyes fixed got me thinking about, uh, about Hebrews. And Hebrews 1, 12, 1 and 2 says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So life is a bit like running a race, and it certainly feels like it, doesn't it? But are our eyes fixed on Jesus? Within that, we are reminded that we fix our eyes on Jesus And he does what he does for the joy set before him. And I don't know if you know, but the joy set before him is talking about us. It's talking about you. It's talking about me. That's why he endured the cross. And so we fix our eyes on Jesus because he has fixed his eyes on us. We can stand on the solid truth that Jesus came that first Christmas for each one of us. He lived a perfect life and he died that shameful death, as it says. But that wasn't the end, because, of course, he rose again and he is glorified. The baby that the Magi sought is a rescuer, both for them then and for us now. So why do we fix our eyes on Jesus? Well, I think the gifts that the Magi bring point to this. They bring gold. Not something you necessarily see every time at a baby shower, when you might see some sterilising fluid and you might see a few nappies and things. But gold... Now, gold represents a king, and of course, Jesus is the king of kings. He is the king of all creation. He is the creator and sustainer of all things. And then they bring frankincense. Now, incense was something that was very priestly. And Jesus is our high priest. He has made a way for us to enter God's presence because he has made us spotless, and he presents us spotless before God. Now, you may wonder, how does he do that? Well, he does that because he came and he lived a life which was perfect. And he died in our place. And he took on him the punishment that we should have had for the things we'd done wrong. And so that's why there's myrrh. Because it represents death. It's what they would have embalmed the body with. And so his three gifts represent his ministry and what he's come to do and what he's done for each one of us. And of course, as Hebrew said, we are his joy, and that's the reason that he did those things. So my question this morning is not just where are your eyes fixed, but are we with Herod, or are we with the Magi? Did you see the circus around Herod in verse 3, where it says that he was distressed and, um, and he was disturbed and with all Jerusalem with him? 
it's so easy to get caught up in culture, in what culture wants us to think or culture wants us to feel, or whether it's in politics or whether it's in ethics or economics or just as a consumer, culture has an opinion on everything and isn't afraid to hold back. But what we see in Herod's life and what we can see looking back through history at different cultures is actually they will suck you in, but actually they're not a firm foundation to build life on. It's a shaky foundation because it changes with time and with different tastes and with different ideas. And so actually we need to recognise the danger that if we get sucked in by culture and we build our life on that and that culture's expectations, as easily as we get sucked in, we could also be spat out. Whether you're a social media influencer or a celebrity or whether that has been your story in your life, it may be that you've built your life on a career that now is looking deeply in question because of the economic problems in this country. Or it could be, um, yeah, so you could be facing redundancy right now and looking back over your life and wondering what was the point of all those things. But actually, that's the good news about a life led with Jesus at our side, guiding us and helping us know where to go and focusing on him. Because nothing is wasted in the kingdom. So it may be a career where you've spent years pouring yourself into something. God will use those things for his glory if we trust him and if we look to him for what's next. And that is the good news that we have today, that nothing is wasted. And that's what we see with Herod. Nasty piece of work, really. And he he just, he takes everyone down with him. But the Magi we see is different. They're not running off insecurity and fear. They literally have their eyes fixed on things above there's a boldness and a confidence that they must have had to present themselves to a king and ask to see this baby. They're not rattled by Herod and all his advisers. They keep on with their mission and what they're going to do. They don't let their joy be stolen by Herod. And then when they're invited to come back and see Herod and they're invited back into the trappings of a visit to the palace and all that may have gone with that, they listen to the dream that they are sent, to say, don't go that way, go home by a different route. And they're obedient to that. And there must have been a temptation to go back to Jerusalem and see what was there, but they, they trusted, not what they thought and they could see in culture, but actually what God was asking them to do and what he was calling them to do. And so they went by a different route and they avoided Herod on the way home. So where are our eyes? fixed? Are we able to lift our eyes up from all that would distract us and be trying to gain our attention right now and look at where Jesus is calling us to focus and where we can be focusing on him? Are our goals in line with what Jesus would be calling us to? He is the author and perfecter of our faith. So do we need to think about how we can give our lives away, as the Magi did? They had a sacrifice and a focus which led them on this journey, which ended up with them encountering Jesus. Do we have that focus? Do we have that mindset of sacrifice that means we're giving our lives away? Do we need to think about the areas of our life where we just need to do an audit? Maybe it's in our households. 
Maybe it's in our professional goals. Maybe it's within our families. Maybe it's in our finances or the use of our time. But we need to think, are we holding on to what culture says we should do? Or are we focusing and hearing what Jesus, who can be a solid foundation, is calling us to? And maybe if we just start with thinking of one action that we could take, that may change our trajectory. And when we have a slight change of our trajectory, we end up changing the course of where we're going. Amen.